The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. It's Tuesday. (laughs) Deal with it. Gary, how are you? Uh, Not bad. Not bad at all. I want a 401k bailout. Yeah. Like, no kidding. Just from yesterday. I could have sworn I put twice as much in. Yes. I would have. I let, let me rephrase that. If not for the blah, 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 whoever we're blaming right now, then I would have <laughs> just insert whoever. All right. Let's let's start with this. Yeah. I, oh, I go would ahead, have, go ahead. Well, well, I would have at least four, five, times six, and seven. 2023 seven times more than i have now carry the four eight and a half times more than i have now (laughs) all right this was the best though this Mm. is this is really the best all right uh on on a day where now over the last week he's moved to the middle on three different issues oh no he's running he's i mean it's it shows he's right and another point was made they said this is because Ron Klain is gone. And what's his name? Jeffrey is it Zeitz? The, 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 it's like uh, th- this is the difference Klain right there. was has been gone for, what, a, almost a, a couple of weeks. It was yeah. sometime in February. And, That's true, yeah. And, and it's it's like all these is because he's gone. And it's like, no, you're running, you're running for election. You need to get back to where – because the left is just furious with him, but – all these things that he's doing are only going to be, you know, the oil, the the uh, Conical Phillips thing is just a that's yeah, that's yeah, that's a yeah. blip, right? Yeah, uh, that that's just so he can he can uh, he can say it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like what I see point zero two percent of the right. land available in Alaska, and he's shutting everything else down. So he's try- again, he's trying to play it both ways, right? right. And then you look at the uh, what was the other thing? The two other things that he did. Oh, I got mind blank here. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'll, um, uh, well, uh, first of all, um, he announced just moments ago oh. that uh, our border is broken, and he believes we need to fix the border now. No, the uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the District of Columbia Criminal Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah the, uh, the about was, face there. Yeah, that was the one, and there was one. Oh, oh yeah, the 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 uh, the uh, the uh, proposal to go back to. Uh, 
to basically uh, Trump's remain in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right, all right, all right. those three yeah. just in the last yeah, couple yeah. of weeks. It's yeah. like, and yeah. everyone we said, okay, he's running. Well, he is, he is pretending that that he is attempting to solve the problems that, in essence, liberalism and he has caused. So something happened, and and I honestly, we looked at it the other day, and and you know, I was talking about uh, his defiance as an individual and that just the nature of who he is and that still applies here but if you look at the about face on the dc crime thing um that and you pair it with the other two then it was about we need to change direction yep. and we need to do that yep. now but the the thing that that kills him on all these particular that's none of these things are really going to change much mm-hmm. he may be able to use them when he's campaigning what kills him was is what he did yesterday mm-hmm. And and that's after he gave his statement on the banks. Not only did he turn around and walk away as the questions are being asked, but I don't know what room he did in, 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 the, in the White House, but this one has a door. So he just didn't walk away and then magically go behind a curtain somewhere. Right. He actually opened the door and then shut the door as there's... As they're, you know, yelling the questions at right, him, right? And it just was let let's let's hear it here because I'm just you're just going to hear the questions he's done and the questions are being asked. Here we go, President. What do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect all the banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? All right, thank you. You can, hear, what you, you can hear the door being closed. You can hear it open up. It's like a, like a slight little, he opens it up, and then he walks through, doesn't even turn around and look back. No. Because no. the fact is, he can't, The uh, we said this yesterday, the political problem here is the fact that uh, we live in a more populous society. So mm-hmm. everybody makes comparisons. If somebody gets yeah. a bailout, yeah. well, then why don't we get a bailout? Right. Who was it? I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Jim Garrity. In National Review, talking about uh, somebody on CNN asked the question: "Well, what you need to ask these people is uh, if if you're if you're against the student loan bailout, are are you also against the the over two hundred fifty thousand dollar bailout?" <laughs> Garrity goes, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, but but all these comparisons are being made now. You heard it yesterday. I mean the." Uh, you you saw the on, on many different news shows they had people that had were depositors that had over two hundred fifty thousand that were saying it's my business it's my business it's my business it, right and, and I'm thinking as I'm watching the the liberal networks do that I'm like this isn't going to play well no it's not going to no, play well no and then it came up oh the people of East Palestine you don't care about right but the the billionaires you know you uh, you you do these venture capitalists and then the Wall Street Journal put out. The specifics of how much they were paying, uh, you know, on these on these deposits and how much these deposits have increased over the last couple of 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 uh, of years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, making the point, as we made yesterday, that when the president says it's not a bailout. Oh, man. I mean, that was by the time we got to the end of the day yesterday. And this is by the afternoon. I I fell asleep, so I didn't get to see what happened in the evening. But by the time we got to the afternoon, there was nobody questioning whether it was a bailout anymore. No, and you know how you knew it was a bailout? Because not long after our show ended, it was just a couple hours. In fact, it was the the following hour after our show ended, they announced that Biden was going to speak on it. I thought, okay, 
They know it's a problem, and they're trying to get ahead of it. And then he comes out and he says, this is not a bailout. When he said, this is not a bailout, that's when you know it's, it's a, a bailout. bailout. They, they're, having to, they're having to get out in front of it because by that time, Janet Yellen had already said multiple times it's, it's not a bailout. And then he came out, and it was first thing. He was, he was at that podium pretty early in the day saying, well, this is not a bailout. Yeah, it's a bailout. It was early because I woke up early. I couldn't believe it. I was, I, um, this is that, that time of the year when, and I'm sure anybody who works his shift, you know it, when the clocks change, even that hour makes a difference, mm-hmm. and I'm just not sleeping as long as I normally do. Mm-hmm. And so I was up pretty early, and I went, what, he spoke already? What was it? No, it was, he, like, it was like 9.30 my time, and I'm no, like, it was, oh, which is 10.30 Eastern. It was during the 8 o'clock yeah. hour Central, and yeah. and wow. the alert, they announced, the White House announced in the 6 o'clock hour Central that he was going to speak on it. And when that alert came across, I was like, all right, they're trying to get ahead of it. Janet Yellen was trying to get ahead of it. They're sending out, my yeah. gosh, if the president is going out this early. They've got to be concerned. And Wall Street <laughs> Journal broke it down just on the FDIC alone could be $15 billion. Yeah, right. And and the fact is what they're saying is, you know, as, as I'll, I'll read it directly here. It goes, because um, this is really, this is, this, this is the, uh, this is the good stuff here. Mm. Um, the, uh, the White House says special assessments will be levying on banks to recoup their losses that means bank customers with less than $250,000 in deposits will indirectly pay for this through higher bank fees. In other words, this is an income transfer from average Americans to deep pocket investors. Yeah. I feel like the 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 guy sitting, you know, with the sign in front, you know, tell me where I'm wrong or whatever or change yeah. my mind. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, on that, you can't you can't win that one because it's right. people, you know, they 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 figure that out. It says, uh, also, Mr. Biden claimed investors in the bank will not uh, be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. Well, that's how capitalism works. Yes, ordinarily, but the Federal Reserve's new emergency lending facility, we talked about this, mm-hmm. will ensure banks don't have to take losses, liquidating their bonds to meet deposit redemptions. Well, that's a bailout. Right. Many banks have hedged their interest rate risk and diversified their deposits, which comes at a business cost. Yes. But some like SVB and Signature did not. The Fed is now saying, that's okay. We've got your back. Well, this, this you can is, continue to do wrong. This is, again, this is uh, the the uh, the Fannie and Freddie scenario in mortgages. This is the, the federal government taking risk out of the game. If there's no risk in the game, who wins? The wealthy, well, yeah, it's it's you, a you, it's a huge bailout for the right. wealthy, and that's what it it was before. And this is why we got uh, in in uh, in in two thousand nine after two thousand nine, and we got it for a while. In fact, to some degree, we still hear it occasionally. And that is, well, the banks got their bailout, and I want mine. So the 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 mentality was, well, my gosh, you're only helping the wealthy here, and line it out. You know, politically, you can't get away from that. You, you're you not going to show up in East Palestine. You're not going to go uh, help the people there. You're not going to even pretend to care on something like, like that, which, by the way, also gives some cover to Norfolk Southern because 
if you're not showing up for the people and throwing, you know, shade on on uh, a multi-billion dollar company. I'm, I'm just, again, we're playing the big playing populist the, yeah. liberal right. uh, thing here. Uh, and and you're going to bail out Silicon Valley and, 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 and the wealthy and the Bitcoiners of the world. Well, what about the little guy? The little guy is going to pay more in banking fees. And East Palestine still doesn't know if they're going to be able to live where they live in the future. Hey, good job. And and then they they he they bring this up in the Wall Street Journal, which is something that we brought up after 2008-2009, the way that, you know, the the Democrats claim they hate big banks, yet what they did by saying too big to fail was they gave the big banks an advantage over the yeah. medium to small banks and remember the number of mergers in those medium to small banks and those that went out of business or the mergers that happened because my they, bank they, yeah they, they, because they couldn't compete right. based on the fact that if you have the implicit you'll always be bailed out mm-hmm. you can be more risky in your lending yep. than a smaller medium bank right. and they they bring this up right here as he so often does the president blamed the bank panic on the trump administration in this case for modifying some of the 2010 dodd frank act rules he seems to be referring to the 2018 bipartisan banking law, which raised the threshold for uh, uh, systemically important financial institution classifications to $250 billion from $50 billion in assets. Now, that had nothing to do with what happened here, though. Right. Not, but not even Barney Frank, the Dodd-Frank co-author, believes that that is to blame. I don't know if using him for any reference, though, is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he writes, not. but even uh, Bonnie, Barney Frank, the Dodd-Frank co-author, believes, uh, doesn't, uh, excuse me, not even he believes that's to blame. The point of the 2018 law was to ease compliance burdens on mid-sized banks that made them less competitive with the giants, which benefit from the lower cost of funding owing to their implicit government backstop, which means because... The government has implied we will always save the big bank. They can do everything with more risk. Yeah. Uh, Excessive Dodd-Frank regulation was driving more deposits to big banks, as we have stated after 2008-2009. Before the 2018 law, most mid-sized banks had to comply with the same regulations as big banks, but these wouldn't have prevented either bank's failures from their risk management mistakes the 2018 law didn't absolve mid-sized banks of the requirement to conduct quarterly liquidity stress tests to ensure that they could weather adverse market conditions and combine market uh, and other stresses such as interest rate shocks. So there you go. But I mean, it's it was a it was a bad day for the administration. But when he gave the statement and then turned around and walked out, yeah, you have, yeah. you have to ask the question. You have to ask this question: Is there anything? Because that's the concern of people. Most people. They see the bank failure. They see this all going on. Mm-hmm. They're wondering, is there going to be a systemic, massive bank failure across this country? They don't know. Right. Well, he makes his statement. Nobody believes what he says. And then he turns around. People are screaming questions at him, opens a door, closes a door behind him and walked out. You ask the question, is there anything that this president takes seriously enough that he cares about the American people enough to just answer questions of the press, and he won't do it. He doesn't even pretend to care. No. He doesn't even do the Bill Clinton, bite uh, his lower feel, lip, I feel, I feel your, your pain. pain move. 
It's basically, screw your pain. I'm out of here. 86690-RED-EYE. It's not always easy to spring back from the harsh days of winter to warmer months ahead. From de-icing chemicals to hidden debris underneath snow and ice, winter conditions can do serious damage to your truck. Here's a must-do maintenance check to help you minimize downtime and stay rolling. Inspect your brake hoses, linings, and slack adjusters for any wear and tear. Listen for any air leaks that may have resulted from moisture freezing up in the system. Check slack adjusters for proper stroke and lubrication. And check your brake linings or pads to ensure proper thickness. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, uh, if you'd like to get in. One of the things that the Wall Street Journal editorial makes, you know, is that uh, President Biden tried to reassure uh, Americans. This is how they started out. Uh, Biden tried to reassure Americans early Monday morning that the banking system is safe and not to worry about the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Banks. Markets didn't believe him because bank stocks took another plunge with some 60 with some down 60% or more. Hmm. Uh, and that's that's a very interesting point. That That's why he was out there early. Yeah. And the, yeah. like, the markets yeah. didn't believe it. Right. And again, when you build up a... When you build up a resume of consistently lying to the American people, then if you go out and say something and you deny it, don't be surprised when people believe the opposite yeah, because yeah. you're always lying about everything. Therefore, when you come out and try to do damage control 
Yeah. You know, he never yeah. did he never did this with, you know, East Palestine, whatever. Right, and, right. But immediately he's out for this. Yeah. So they're trying to do damage control. So whatever comes out of his mouth, the markets think it's the opposite. Well, because if there were a just a, a, a simple fear-driven run on banks, and, and I don't mean everybody running to every bank, but we just mentioned uh, before the break uh, small banks. Imagine people went to the smaller banks and said, look, I'm I'm nervous. I'm going to take my money across the street to Chase or Bank of America. I'm going to put it in a big name where I believe they have solid ground, sure footing, and all of that. Uh, if there were something, if, if something like that transpired, that would, it wouldn't be uh, what we saw with these individual banks in a matter of hours. It's going to happen over months or years or, mm-hmm. you know, it, depending on how, you know, how far the story goes. But if it, let's just say over the next 90 days, if that trend started to continue, that fear, it would drive more fear and more people would be in line at those small banks, you know, moving their money to larger banks. Politically, that is crushing. And there's there's no doubt. Here's Here's my question. Does the market believe that the federal government can actually do something about it? Or did the market believe, does the market believe on banking that after 2000, the end of 2008 and into 2009, where they shoved money into all of the bank's tills and they were lying, they wouldn't tell anybody which banks were uh, on the brink, you know, countrywide and, and all of those that were, you know, on the brink. Are, are, do they, does the market trust the government in this case well, and believe that they have the answers, I if, guess, is if you the question. Were to, if you were to ask me that, just, you know, at that point, I would say the fact that they're bailing out all the uninsured mm-hmm. deposits in there gives the indication that the government takes this so seriously that the banking system might be in trouble if you have to do this there you go. for that bank. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes. hours a night and still not enough listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website red radioshow.com and he's eric carly and i'm gary mcnamara 86690 red eye time constraints made it so i couldn't finish my statement yeah, yeah uh, no that happens but when when you look at the the president coming out yesterday and mm. again immediately coming out i mean very early in the morning yeah and and you know talking about you know the 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 bailout that's not a bailout right right <laughs> and and the the fact that you're going to protect the uninsured depositors of that of that uh, bank let me just read this really quickly here uh the FDIC's depar- deposit insurance fund normally guarantees up to 250,000 in deposits which protects small retail customers including mom-and-pop businesses. Banks pay for this guarantee with insurance premiums, but the insurance fund isn't intended to backstop deposits of bigger customers with more capacity to weather losses if a bank goes under. Yet after venture capitalist, 
and then in parentheses, Democratic donors mm. and Silicon Valley politicians howled. The FDIC on Sunday announced it would cover uninsured deposits at SVB and Signature Bank under its systemic risk exception. Well, that's the entire point. If it isn't systemic through the banking industry, there is no reason. There's only two reasons you're doing this. To benefit the rich, elite, Democratic donors that have deposits, right? Yep. And because of the pressure coming from an extremely liberal part of the country, that's that's one, right? Or the other, if you're using the systemic risk exception, you're afraid that this could spread across the country. You're putting out the message that, and especially because of the credibility issue that Biden has when you say no bailout and people say, well, no, it is a bailout because where does this money come from? It doesn't magically appear. Well, there are right. no taxpayer dollars. Well, not directly, but indirectly, yes, there will be taxpayer dollars because the people that are paying for this through bank fees are citizens of the United States. So what you're doing is you're taxing them through fees indirectly and not directly. People aren't stupid. They understand it. You're just trying to find another way to do it. And and then when it comes to protecting, if you want to sell your, your assets and the government is protecting and guaranteeing you won't have a loss on it, that's another, mm. you know, that that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, another bailout. Right. And the American public knows it. So then you ask the question, why is the president, why is Yellen, why are they all jumping on the fact that it's not a bailout when it is? Is the situation worse than they're saying? And that's what the investors are thinking. That's why the banks took a hit yesterday. Nobody right. believes yeah. what the president is saying and what Janet Yellen is saying. And that's, you know, that was my question before the bottom of the hour. Uh, you know, after everything, but especially with this administration, you 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 fold in what happened at the end of 2008 and 2009. Um, but then you apply it to this particular administration. And how much do the markets trust it? By the way, they knew they had an issue because the president spoke 30 minutes before the markets opened. Yep. Yeah. And that is, you know, they were trying to get ahead of it. They were trying to uh, convince a market that I don't, I don't think trust this administration. They don't trust the scenario because what you can't, there are too many, first of all, there are a number of things that you can't predict. You can't right now gauge properly the fear. Only time can do that. And I mean the fear of the average depositor of, uh, you know, of any given bank. And I don't sense that there is a great rising fear. But I do believe people gave it consideration during the day. I agree with you on that. I, because I, I, I don't think that there's, I, I don't believe that there's going to be a systemic failure or no the, no, no. the or the the major big banks are in trouble in this country no 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 at, at, I, at the moment it, <laughs> presently i think where the concern is is well i've been doing business with this smaller bank for a long yeah. time and should i be concerned there's the there's the question and even that i don't think is at anywhere close to a panic level i don't i don't even know that i would use the word fear but in their mind they're going well, wait a minute uh, and I, and, and I'll, I'll fold this in after Dodd Frank, uh, my bank that I've been with since it was a credit union years ago, uh, 30 years almost, 
uh, sold. Uh, you saw a lot of acquisitions and mergers of these smaller banks. They couldn't compete after Dodd-Frank. I'm still with that bank. That's my primary banking account. It's a smaller regional bank. I don't have a reason to. They, they offer some, some great benefits of banking there, so I don't have a reason. To, but it did cross my mind. I thought to myself, well, I'm confident the bank is solvent. But my question is, is everybody else confident? Because if people are questioning this, and I think here's what's going on. Anyone with a with an account, maybe a primary account in one of the smaller banks, is prob- the average person is probably watching and waiting to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And their question would be, well, should I go ahead and move to a larger bank? Do I need to be on, you know higher ground here uh and and i think that's where we're at the problem here with what's going on in the particular banks that have failed and some others a couple of others that are being watched right now is all right what is going to be the policy going forward and are we taking risk out of the banking game well i I think when it comes to you know we're, we're talking financial itself we all know that the administration lied about inflation yeah right everything they told us about inflation they were wrong on and i'm talking Mm -hmm. about yellen and biden yep and so they're the first two that come out no there's no problem there's no problem but we're bailing out people that don't normally get bailed out right why are we doing that right what what is the concern are are, you know so you're you're afraid of this Uh, i guess my point is that any if we don't put it to the level of concern, any pondering, <laughs> yeah, right. any pondering yeah. of what's going on, a right. lot of it can be based on the reaction of government to it. Because what do what do we as financial people, and we're all financial people, what's the one thing that we fear the most? Confusion and and not knowing. The unknown, yeah. The unknown. Yeah, the muddy the, water. The, right, the yeah. unknown, the muddy water, yeah. which which is why you and I go back to 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and we thought it was wrong yeah. to what they what they did. You know, you let you let the or natural, organic economics of the situation work. It might have mm-hmm. been worse mm-hmm. up front. We might have had more unemployment up front. You and I have acknowledged that. It might have been worse up front, but you would know where you were. You didn't go through wondering, is the entire bank system about to collapse in 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. Because they're forcing money on everybody so the public doesn't know which is actually the bad banks. Right. Well, that's right. idiotic. Yeah. Knowledge is key. If you know what to avoid and then you know the situation, but it's almost, you know, everything in the government manipulation, whether it's. Uh, what we have seen in the, you know, what we have seen in the 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 the, the Fed manipulation mm-hmm. of the of of the 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 dollar through printing money to buy our own debt, you know, the the uh, information that we were given on inflation from uh, J- the Treasury Secretary and Biden consistently wrong all the time, right? But all this, and we talk about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It was caused by government interference. Yes, take and Fannie so, and Freddie out of the equation. And so what's to, I, I will ask this question to any financial person out there. Is your fear the natural organic economics of financial system collapsing or government screwing it all the hell up? Right. 
And I dare say there's a significant portion, and I may be included in that. You may be able to tell that by my passion here, that government screws it up way more than if it was just left organically to go by itself. Well, and that's it, because the take the, uh, you know, the expansion of the FDIC uh, involvement here out of the equation. Take this mindset out of the equation of what we're dealing with, with Silicon Valley Bank. If they believe for a moment, hey, the government is going to leave us high and dry, we're on our own here. There would have been a proper auditing along the way. There would have been different moves along the way. And also by depositors, there probably would have been different consideration. But when you bring socialism into banking, you muddy the waters. You're basically saying, hey, big government's got your back and we're going to take risk out of the game. Go for it. And if something happens and you fall, we'll be right here. And when that happens, the red flags go away. Oh, you can still see them, but you laugh at them. They're not, it's not the alert that it would be. It's not panic mode. And and how do you avoid panic mode? You stay on sure footing along the way. So you audit during the entire process. If you're a bank, Mm -hmm. you, you look at those deposits. And if you're a depositor, you look at it and say, look, uh, I've got, a lot of deposits, or I got a, a, a lot more than 250000 here. I need to make sure that I'm covered. However, I'm going to do that. I need to make sure that my business is not going to be left high and dry. So I need to diversify in any way that I can and make different decisions here. That's how you avoid the panic. Well, there is no panic because big government is going to be there to make sure that if you trip and fall, we pick you right back up. Like I say, it's disingenuous when they say it's not a bailout because, of course, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. When you, when you lie up front about, well, it's not a bailout, what we're doing, everybody knows it's a bailout. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not because uh, the, the taxpayer uh, uh, will not have to pay anything. Oh, through taxes, they might not have to. Right, right. But then again, if the government is backing up their selling of their assets, yeah. well, where does that money come from? Right. That 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 isn't through bank fees. That right. That might be direct taxpayer dollars would it not uh it would be through well no it would be through the purchases of those uh policies uh those fdic policies of those members of the fdic so those members pay for that but they increase those rates on those policies so no no i'm not talking i'm not talking about protecting the deposits Mm. i'm talking about where the as the wall street journal pointed out that on those long-term assets that they they had to sell Oh, that the which, bank had which, to sell the, to cover the, the withdrawals. To, to cover the withdrawals yeah, yeah, that yeah, they okay. lost money okay. on. Yeah. The feds have come in and said, we'll protect it. We'll protect it where you don't lose on those sales. Oh, no. That's, well, that, that's yeah, got to no, be, that's got to be taxpayer dollars. Well, how do you protect it? If you, if you right. make it, if you're making those losses whole, then do you do that with money? Money. Right. So if they're lying about that, if they're lying saying it's not a bailout, when it is a bailout. Right. Now it may not be well, a no, ba- because he, you know, and, and that's the whole point because we said because it's well, it's not a they they came back immediately when it well, it's not a bailout because we're not in, we're not protecting the shareholders, no, but you're protecting the uninsured depositors and you're protecting the banks, <laughs> yes. but for the bad decisions or the financial decisions that they made, you're bailing them out, and that has to come from taxpayer dollars. Well, because here's the it's the same 
type of speak that Fauci uses. You know, well, no, that's not what we call it. No, that's not. It doesn't matter what you call it. If if you're trying to split hairs and say, well, no, we covered that. We didn't cover this. So there's still taxpayer money going to it. Because that's the only question. Who was going to pay for it? You saw the story. There was duplicate funding. They might have given Wuhan Lab more than they were supposed uh, to. That story, we'll have that story coming out. Yeah, yeah. Course. I just popped of into course. my head now when you brought that up. I went, oh, I just saw that story yesterday that did duplicate funding. Did they pay them twice for certain things? It's like, oh, my God. And I'm sure we'll get the truth from China as to whether they yeah, exactly. received <laughs> more than they should have. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So, yeah, I would say that the one of the major problems is a complete lack of credibility in the federal government to anybody who has anything to do with the finances of the United States right. based on the fact that they got everything wrong on inflation and we believe also lied about what they knew mm-hmm. on inflation. So when you come out and the first thing you heard yesterday, first thing, or on, not yesterday, on Sunday, uh, really was uh, was well. Uh, it's not a bailout. It's not a bailout. It's yeah, not a bailout. Right. And that's when I woke up to come in yesterday. Was when that all that information was out there, and I mm. went, "Wait a minute! If, if what do you mean it's not a bailout? If you're if you're if you're uh, covering the loans or excuse me, covering the deposits of the uninsured, that's not part of the deal with the FDIC. Somebody has to pay somewhere. Right. So it is a bailout. Right. Somebody is paying for somebody else. Yeah. It's not money growing on on, uh, on on trees. Right. And then looking at the other thing that they did, which says, okay, any losses of you selling your asset in order to pay off the depositors will also cover that. That's a second bailout. Why would, well, they're lying. Yeah. Why are they lying would well, be the next question. Exactly. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Uh, This was interesting. Senator Mark Kelly from Arizona asked during a meeting about the bailout of the Silicon Valley Bank whether social media could be censored to prevent misinformation going out that could lead to a bank run, according to reports. Michael Schellenberger, an independent journalist, replayed his uh, testimony 
uh, well, not all of his testimony, but we played his opening remarks and some of his testimony late last week when he was before Congress. Uh, but Michael Schellenberger uh, reports, uh, 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 let me see, let me see uh, an independent journalist who reports on the Twitter files and has contributed to Fox News, reported that Kelly asked the Federal Reserve, Treasury Department, and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation about censorship measures during a meeting on Sunday. Hmm. Republican House members on the call confirmed uh, with uh, Schellenberger's publication, public on Substack, Substack, that a Democratic senator asked about censoring social media companies, including Representative Thomas Massey, uh, though Kelly's name was not specifically noted. So there you go. be interesting if he did ask that question because yeah. uh, if a Republican asked it, it probably would be, do, do you plan on censoring disinformation right. yeah. uh, 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 there? But right. yeah. you never hear from Mark Kelly on anything. I mean, that's that's the uh, the point. And, right. Well, uh, hmm. well I... Let's be honest. What has caused more panic? Should we? I'll I'll answer this question. Should the president and the treasury secretary be censored and their comments not be broadcast because they may be causing panic? Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you measure that? Right. Yeah. You could claim anything could cause panic. Well, they said, don't panic. That caused panic. Well, actually, when Joe Biden steps up and says, don't panic, that's when I start to panic. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're going to try and jump out a, a, ahead of something, then, yeah, I'm 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 definitely, you know, in that in that category, depending on who's talking, I'm concerned about why they're talking. Not just what they're saying. So, yeah, I think we should monitor everybody. We shouldn't. Only red-eye radio should be broadcast. And if the president wants us to uh, put a message out, then he can send it to us. Then we'll gladly put it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um you know, this is, but this is the era of what misinformation, disinformation, and this idea of controlling anything and everything, all thought. You know, I want to go back uh, to what we talked about yesterday. You know, what caused it? And Andy Kessler in the Wall Street Journal, who killed Silicon Valley Bank? Hmm. Apparently, no one at the firm perceived any risk from the Fed raising interest rates, and. We explained what happened uh, yesterday, as he does here. He said, let's go back. In January of 2020, SVB had $55 billion in customer deposits on its balance sheet. By the end of 2022, that number had exploded to $186 billion. Yes, SVB was a victim of its own success. These deposits were often from initial public offerings uh, and other deals. SVP banked almost half of all the IPO pre proceeds in the last two years. Most startups had a relationship with the bank. That's a lot of money to put to work. Some was lent out, 
but with soaring stock prices and near zero interest rates, no one needed to take on excessive debt. There was no way SVB was going to initiate $131 billion in new loans. So the bank put some of this new capital into higher-yielding long-term government bonds and $80 billion into 10-year mortgage-backed uh, securities, paying 1.5% instead of short-term treasuries, paying 0.25%. This was a mistake. This was mistake number one. SVP reached for yield just as Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers did in in uh, back in two thousand in the two thousands with few loans. These investments were the bank's profit center. SVB got caught with its pants down as interest rates went up. Now this is the, the interesting part, part here. Everyone except SVB management, it seems, knew interest rates were heading up. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell had been shouting this from the mountaintops. Yet SVB froze and kept business as usual, borrowing short-term from depositors and lending long-term without any interest rate hedging. The bear market started in January of 2022, 14 months ago. Surely it shouldn't have taken more than a year for management at SVB to figure out that credit would tighten and the IPO market would dry up or that companies would need to spend money on salaries and cloud services. Nope, and that was mistake number two. SVB misread customers' cash needs. Risk management seemed to be an afterthought. The bank didn't even have a chief risk officer for eight months last year. As customers asked for their money, SVB had to sell $21 billion in underwater longer-term assets with an average interest rate of about 1.8%. The bank lost $1.8 billion on the sale and tried to raise more than $2 billion to fill that hole. The, that loss flagged that something was wrong. Venture capitalists, including Peter Thiel, suggested the companies in their portfolio should withdraw their money and put it somewhere safer on Thursday, the dam broke, and there was no way to cover billions in withdrawal requests. Uh, mistake three was not quickly selling equity to cover losses. The first rule of survival is to keep selling equity until investors or depositors no longer fear bankruptcy. Private equity firm General Atlantic apparently made an offer to buy $500 million of the bank's common stock Friday morning. Uh, I'd have offered $3 billion for half the company. Where was Warren Buffett or J.P. Morgan? Hmm. Before they could get a deal together, the FDIC took over to protect up to $250,000 for each depositor. Larger uninsured deposits are frozen since the bank took a 9% haircut in the $21 billion in bond sale. That could mean uninsured depositors might get $0.90 cents on, a, on a dollar, but it could take months or years. So venture capitalists are getting emergency funding requests. Oh, there mm. you go. You mm. know, it's, it's, and I believe that was before, because this was on the twelfth. He wrote this. All right. This was before they decided to to bail out all the depositors. I think. Mm. But he was stating, goes this this is, and we talked about this yesterday. What went wrong? And that's the whole point. Why didn't anybody see this coming? 
Uh, there's a lot of criticism of the San Francisco Fed. Why didn't they see this coming? Right. Well, it's it, because it's a high-profile bank in the way that, you know, it's not just the 16th largest, but a high-profile bank for the nature of what they did and and who banked with them. When you say Silicon Valley, the San Francisco Fed knows exactly. I mean, this is, it, it is, there is, there is no mystery here. It's not like some small bank that nobody was watching or had a reason to watch. How would you not monitor this bank? How would you not monitor that activity? How would you not audit and look and say, how would there not be an internal audit to say, hey, what if this were to happen, where would we be? Because if you didn't plan for any any scenario, if you didn't have a plan, if you didn't have consideration for any scenario, then you're assuming that you can predict the future. Basically dismissing, well, that would never happen. Well, this would never happen. And there you are. I don't know why or how something like that happens. And how the San Francisco Fed didn't see it coming. Didn't ask questions early on. When you look at startups, when you look at IPOs, when you look at, uh, you know, tech, you saw over the last year that venture capitalists were not shelling out the money that they had been for big tech or small tech. Well, what does that mean? That means the companies that are doing business, that are growing, they're going to have to invest their own money. They're going to start using more and more of that. Well, where did they bank? What does that mean? You know, that's the that's the problem that you have here is that it should have been one of those. The bank itself, think about this. The nature of the bank itself should have been a red flag. In that, it should have been one to watch because it had so much exposure to a certain type of depositor. An investor. And how were you not watching the markets on that? How were you not looking, yeah. going, okay, if this happens, if this shifts in this sector, then that could affect that bank disproportionately. But that's the whole point in that the nature of Silicon Valley Bank itself is a red flag to begin with. So you watch that in a way that you probably wouldn't because of the nature of the sector that does the banking with them. Right. Which isn't a huge diversity of of deposits. Right. And so when you look at that and you say, okay, all right, wow, okay, tech has taken a hit. It is part, it, it is within your purview at the San Francisco Fed to say, hmm. If big tech has taken a hit, 
if venture capitalists are saying, mm, we're going to slow the roll on big tech, what banks that are here in, in the region that we cover would be affected? The first one yeah. is Silicon Valley Bank. And, and and especially when you find out, you know, that they bought you know, long-term bonds. Yeah, They were right. paying a percent and a right. half. And, right, and, and you knew the interest rate. And that's the point that did they not know what Powell was going to do? Right. Didn't they ever – they didn't recognize well, that? See, Everybody and, else did. And that's the point that would, is that if you're assuming – if you didn't see the red flag, what you're – what it tells me is that – because I don't believe that. I believe you saw the red flag and dismissed it and – and what I said earlier is well, it, it assumes that you can tell, predict the future. In other words, right, right. where yeah, yeah, the Fed's never going to, you know, uh, Powell's not going to. You don't know that. You're planning for every contingency. You have an off-ramp in every case. And if you don't there inside the organization, then how do they not ask questions at the Fed, at the San Francisco Fed? How do they not make a call and go, hey, um, we're taking a look at basically your entire foundation here and and the nature of your bank. And here are our concerns. By the way, Kramer got blasted yesterday mm. a number of fronts. Jim Kramer yeah. on CNBC. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Was last month, one of the oh. one of his nine top stocks. Yeah. <laughs> was SBB right just last month right i saw some wow. tweets from cnbc yesterday morning and it was right after the president stepped out and, and spoke on it and i thought and it, and it involved kramer and i'm like mm, this could be a good time to take a week off for <laughs> jim kramer i'm just saying 86690 red eye Least owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth 1. Concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth 2. More revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth 4. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. You know the. I, I, I want to play this audio because it was from MSNBC, and Jen Psaki uh, was on, and this is before the president spoke, where she actually says it's important to know the president doesn't do anything before nine a.m. 
Yeah. It's exactly what uh-huh. we said. Mm-hmm. There was such a sense of urgency to get a message out, but the like I said, the message that he got out, I don't think helped at all. And she sort of makes the point that we made. There was such a sense of urgency for him to make the statement, then turn around as these reporters are screaming questions, what does this mean? And he just walks out. Yeah, Shows, right. to me, indicated, you're just putting out a statement. You're claiming there's no bailout. Obviously, there's a bailout. And then you're just walking away. Yeah. There was no sense of confidence built in by that. No. But here was here here it was. And Chensaki, of course, we know we're going to hear from the president uh, in just a couple hours. He's going to address the yeah. nation this morning before heading to the West Coast. I know you played a role in communicating uh, during the Obama White House when they had to deal with the aftermath and the, the heart of the 0809 financial collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what should the president's message be from today? What sort of said steady signals should the White House be trying to send? Well, once the policy decisions have been made, which they were over the dis- uh, the weekend, which you and Steve spoke to, the key for the president is calming the public because as steve said the banks are opening the markets will be open and what he needs to project to the public is we've got this we have a plan we made some decisions we are addressing this uh, and that's what people need to hear from him now it's important to note president biden does nothing at 9 a.m <laughs> yeah i mean i i actually said that earlier <laughs> yeah you know I mean, it was clear they wanted to make some kind of statement uh, to get ahead of the market's opening. The timing was very obvious, but the effort was horrible. Yeah. And, and, and that goes back to my question earlier. And, and because I don't believe that the market has any trust in this administration. And the reason is, is because they don't know what they can you know, trust. They don't know who they can believe. Uh, the president isn't going to give them any uh, consolation here. Uh, the Treasury Secretary has been known to lie. Uh, Jerome Powell, who knows? You saw the talk yesterday that now uh, the pressure is on for him to hit the brakes and and do no more rate increases for the rest of the year. I saw that yep. too that well yeah. maybe mm-hmm. maybe yeah. 2 5 uh-huh. like what changed in the last couple of yeah, days? Exactly. Political pressure. Yep. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, I'd mentioned this uh, about a half hour ago uh, at what uh, CBS was reporting yesterday. And this is the problem that this administration has. This is the problem that Fauci has right now. Hmm. This is a, uh, I'm going to play just part of a report from CBS. Remember, this is CBS. Now, we do criticize when the mainstream media, and Newsbusters does a great job looking at, uh, and, and our friend over there, Kevin Tober, they do a, a great job, and they have the hardest job on the planet because they have to consistently watch the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know how they keep their sanity. <laughs> I don't, I don't either. Uh, but, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, Newsbusters, uh, saw yesterday and, uh, posted this and this is CBS on the Wuhan lab mm. and <laughs> duplicate payments. Oh. Here we go. All right. Records reviewed by CBS News indicate the U.S. government may have paid twice for projects at the Wuhan labs through the National Institutes of Health and the U.S. Agency for International mm. Development, or USAID. So uh, categorized it and then drilled down from there. This included possible medical supplies, equipment, travel, and salaries. So what I found so far is uh, evidence that points to double billing, potential theft of government funds. It is concerning, especially since it involves dangerous pathogens and risky research. While intelligence agencies can't agree on how the pandemic that killed more than 1.1 million Americans started, the FBI and now the Energy Department have found an accidental lab leak is plausible, not potentially through infected animals at a nearby market. At recent congressional hearings into the origins of COVID-19, the former CDC director said money from multiple U.S. government agencies supported high-risk virus research in Wuhan. Sources familiar with the grant records did not dispute CBS News' reporting. There you go. Hmm. That's the problem that that Fauci has. Now now it's not only funding research, Hmm. but double billing, paying twice. Double the taxpayer dollars going to the Wuhan lab, which is to the Chinese. Right. Not good. Well, who was writing the check? Was it Hunter? He may have forgotten that he paid the first time. You know, this is, uh, and, and, and I make the joke, but this is part of the problem. Because this whole thing now, the Wuhan lab thing, is not this is coming back like a really bad political nightmare only because the people want the truth which is by the way the very reason that it should be uh alive and breathing because we should want the truth as to how this began but politically it is a nightmare and they can't get away from it i think they thought they had won that conversation forever as well you know, we we said that, look, the, the argument that you have that can convince the American public, and I see this more often now, uh, over, you know, maybe I didn't, you know, we said it and then maybe I recognized it because we said it. Maybe it was out there before. Mm. But when we said, look, you're talking about a virus that killed, that has killed 1.13 million Americans. Mm-hmm. 
It's killed a million Americans. Uh, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene said murdered. Uh, she was incorrect on that. Yeah. It's not murdered. It's And then she corrected later on and said killed. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, get that straight. Yeah. But it, it killed 1.1 million Americans. Now, I don't know if she was trying to make the case that uh, the Chinese released it deliberately or whatever, but uh, – I, okay. she, but she corrected it to mm. uh, killed later on in her statement. But mm. I did notice that it's like, no, that murder is when a person kills another person. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but when you look at, when you uh, make that argument, that's an argument the Democrats can't win. That's an argument Fauci can't win. People want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And now, you know, again, the mainstream media hasn't covered it like they should, but that was a Catherine Herridge report, by the way. Mm. But CBS covering it, and that was on CBS yeah. mornings. Right. So this is during the, the cat video show. Right. <laughs> and because it's something that's concerned, it, it you know, it touched, and, and I know that some people misrepresented what we said, you know, but we had said that, uh, you know, that's an important issue because... Everyone was affected by it. We're talking about the important issues that Republicans should should hit because of how many people it affected. We didn't say that they shouldn't cover all the issues. We said where they should be stronger is covering the issues that Americans care about. One is inflation. One is the origins of COVID because it's still out there. Yeah. I saw an entire family yesterday in the store. We're all wearing masks. Yeah. Mm. All the kids, the parents was like they had mm. like five kids and the parents, and it's mm. just like okay. Mm. But and you look at that too. You know, we talked about the 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 banks, you know, and and what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, and um, the fact that there's no credibility in those people that are in charge of our finances in the United States. Nobody trusts Janet Yellen. Nobody trusts Biden. Nobody trusts this administration when it comes to inflation because you can go through all the things that they were wrong on and all the misinformation, malinformation. I like that one, malinformation. Oh, yes. It sounds like malware. Yeah, yeah. Malinformation, (laughs) also known as lies that they peddled, you know, during all of it. There's no credibility, so there's no credibility there. They were imprecise. They were imprecise. Exactly. Well, there's been a lot of impreciseness here yeah. when it comes to uh, to COVID because people know it. Yeah. The vast majority of Americans know that the 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 federal government was wrong on the vast majority of claims that they made about COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a story yesterday. I'll, I'll find it. You know where Americans are raging at companies because they're not getting what they want. You know they want better customer service, and yeah. it's something that you and I've said all along. When it comes to what we get in the private sector, we demand excellence. Oh, yeah. And in government, seems like at times we just don't give a damn, yet we give them more yeah. as a single entity than we give anybody else. Right. Unless you're buying a car that year. But even a car, most people make payments, so you're still not every year, for the most part, giving what you give the federal government. Mm. That's if you pay taxes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Since what? You... Be careful now. Republicans don't say this. It'll get you in trouble. But uh, what is it? Over half of Americans don't pay any federal taxes. Yeah, right. Remember that? Remember, Rob, you got into that one? Yeah. You can't can't say that. That'll come back. That'll come back to haunt you. But 
Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to play that because it was uh, that's another problem that they have, and that's not going away. No, and we saw Fauci the other day, and we we tore apart what he had to say. It was like wow, uh, you know he he's now trying to make the case that oh, it's always been a possibility that we thought it could be a lab leak, and well, you know, it's still natural origin if the lab leak uh, came. From uh, from uh, from a uh, virus out there that didn't pass human to human very well, but then we uh, we uh, tinkered with it a bit, yeah, and then it became manipulated much, it a yeah, bit, uh, manipulated a bit, and uh, but uh, uh, still maybe it was being able to pass from human to human. That's, that's in, still in, nature, in, in nature, though. which then came from an animal, and it was like he was tying himself up. Well, into you know what huge he sounds knots. like? He sounds like a teenager who's been found out with all the proof laying right there on the kitchen table. You've been caught, and now you can't do anything. You can't. You got nowhere to go now. The darling of the left, the COVID darling of the left. And it's maddening. It's maddening that we didn't insist on the truth from the beginning. We, we, we don't need to know the truth. Everybody just, just stay home. Stay home. Stay quiet. Don't talk. You could spread it. No talking. Don't listen to talk radio. You could spread it. Tom Brady's in a park. Send the cops. Remember that story? Yes. <laughs> Dude moves to Tampa. It's like, you know, after living in New England for years, he moves to Tampa. Like, I can go outside in the winter. Goes for a jog in the park. SWAT team comes in. Maybe it wasn't the SWAT team. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. That may be right-wing exaggeration there. Be. <laughs> Just <Maybe>. a little <laughs> bit. I don't know that it wasn't. SEAL Team 6 came in. <laughs> Black helicopters land. <laughs> Mr. Brady. Uh, you know, I, yeah. the, the thing is, we, have to, we do have to go back. I mean, I, I, we, sh- we should revisit three years ago right now. Yeah. That seems like light years ago. Yeah, because it was three years ago right yeah, now. And, and remember... Yeah. In March and April, especially March and April of that year, and even into May, remember it was it was still, you know, if you walk outside, make sure you stay six feet away. Make sure you're not in groups of more than four. Yeah, I remember here because in in my county, remember you couldn't be out, like you couldn't have four kids playing foot or five kids playing throwing the football to each other it can right. only be a maximum of four people forget about those that was outside not inside outside yeah and so the suggestion was don't play outside if you're going to play if you want to have five kids don't play outside go into your house and play inside <laughs> the virus apparently well doesn't the virus travel better on in the inside than the outside we're not going to discuss that sir you're off social media. And so now you have Whitmer saying that her COVID oh, restrictions yes. in hindsight, quote, don't make a lot of sense, end quote. They didn't end. They didn't then either. What do you mean in hindsight? At the moment, they didn't make sense. And you know it. 
This is the left is scrambling right now because politically, COVID is and and their behavior during COVID, their response to COVID is coming back to haunt them in every single possible way. Spending, boom, inflation. Well, inflation will get on top of it. We'll raise the interest rates. Nope. Can't do that. Well, what about inflation? Don't worry about inflation. You'll tank the economy. I mean, and 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 the lab leak theory now has more it has more people on it than ever. And nobody on the left is even trying to deny it. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, we talked about this last week. We went, where's the defense of Fauci? Where are those people out there defending him? You don't see it, right? Even Fauci yeah. with this, well, you know, you you, you manipulate it just a little bit, and but it's still nature. Even if it was leaked unintentionally, it's still nature. What what? You sound like a teenager that just got caught doing something they're not supposed to be doing. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Tons of things to talk about. Mm. Well, let's take a look at what The View was talking about. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll do that coming up on right. the top of the hour. Okay. See what was going on with The uh, the View. There's a poll on uh, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, yeah? And his performance. Okay. Well, I'm sure that's going well. Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, liberal Democrats uh, uh-huh. raging over a uh, Biden and the move to the center over the last couple of weeks yeah. uh, by the uh, president. We'll get to that. I'm reading the headline here. Ed Markey rages at Biden over disastrous decision to approve an oil drilling project here. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows the election is coming up. And uh, I know one thing the Republicans will be pounding where mm-hmm. he said no more drilling. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Uh, it's clear that he's, you know, he's running. And, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, for those that didn't catch it at the beginning of the show, you can always go back and listen to it on our podcast. But uh, you made a good point that, look, um, these are these are not big, massive moves, but politically they they make a statement. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think the D.C. crime bill about face, it was so awkward it was so horrible okay when chuck schumer has to come in days after it happens and says you know he's basically oh no 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 i support the the president and you know when he had been mia up until that moment you know things are bad. Oh, the House Democrats felt oh so burned by gosh. the president on that only because they got burned well they said we they he hung us out to dry that's right
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. All right. This is the entertainment portion of the show. Ready for this audio cut? Sure. All right. Let's see what was going on on The View. Okay. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Democrats. Listen, here's the bottom line, guys. Joe Biden's going to be your nominee. Stop talking about how old he is. And Kamala Harris is going to be your vice president. So stop fretting, stop wringing your hands, and get behind your ticket, because on the other side, your alternative is Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Yeah. So you tell me what you prefer. And I, you know, I, I, I love this. I love that they said in this story, I don't know if it's true, that Kamala is not, that uh, Madam Vice President is not responding to the calls from Senator Warren. Good! If they are going to be doing this, don't show up to fundraise for them. Don't show up to campaign for them. Don't pick up their phone calls. Get with the program. Listen, you know what they're doing? They're playing right into the hands of Fox News. Fox News every single day goes after Kamala Harris, trying to portray her as inept and some kind of bumbling fool. She's not. That's not who she is. And so Democrats have got to come out and reinforce Kamala. They've got to stop playing into the hands of these people who cannot stand that she is the first woman, the first woman of color vice president and don't want her to succeed. And by the way, her her husband is great, too. I'm surprised that there's concern. I think it has a lot to do with that she's a black woman. Black women get everything done. We've saved this country's democracy for She's obviously for amazing, but what specifically? But, well... Like no, I mean, where should I where where shall I start? I mean, she was in the Senate, of but course. But no, I mean, as vice general, president, of course, as vice she's president, highly. she's she the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> I mean, she was the face of do? Roe v. Wade. I mean, <laughs> no, the list goes on and on. I'd like to ask you, what what, 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 what did Pence do? All right, they couldn't name what she did. That's uh, why they went to well, what did Pence do? They could not name anything that she had done, and. And that was the problem. And I love the Inflation Reduction Act. She had nothing to do with the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, I, I do find it refreshing at the view that they recognized how bigoted Democrats are. Yes, because uh, their concern was that Democrats aren't getting on board and it has to do with racism. Now, Demo- I, now I don't yes. know that the people that you just heard from the view understand what they did. <laughs> now, we've talked about this a lot when Kamala Harris did it, uh, uh-huh. when she was out early, blamed sexism and racism. Right. Hillary has, well, Hillary Hillary was still the best. Yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, but she yeah. was still the best. Oh, yeah, sure. Nobody that, tops that. that. Women just do what their men tell them That's to right. do. That's yeah. why she didn't become president. Their sons or their bosses or their boyfriend or their husband. <clears throat> And then she looked over and said, right, Bill? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have uh, always said this about The View, though, is The View, and I don't know whether this was done on purpose by the producers or not, Mm. but they, the uh, 
the human beings that they chose to be on The View, Mm -hmm. the liberals that they chose to be on The View, Mm -hmm. uh, perpetuate the worst and incorrect stereotype of women. Yeah. That there's no critical thinking, they're irrational and emotional. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll state that over and over again. Right. It is the incorrect stereotype of women, mm-hmm. but it is the stereotype, which is why, as we've said before, you tell me another show that has to have lawyers in real time mm-hmm. monitor. Tell me another show in the history of the United States. That has to have lawyers watching in real time consistently in order because of their emotional outbursts that turn into defamatory lies or such outrageous anti-Semitism that the lawyers have to give them a statement to read after the next commercial break. Mm, Yeah. But I uh, just love it. Uh, she's she's not an inept and bubbling fool. And if that's not who she is, and if you say she is, then uh, then you're just a racist, yeah, and a sexist, right? And again, they start by addressing <clears throat> Democrats. They're addressing Democrats. Yes, exactly. Democrats are racist and sexist because. The popularity of Kamala Harris is not there. It's not there for Biden in the Democratic Party. The majority of Democrats don't want Biden to run. The majority of Democrats do not want Kamala Harris to run. You are a bunch of racist and sexist. Yeah. How dare you? So, and and then... uh, Anna Navarro said that Fox News every single day goes after Kamala Harris trying to portray her as inept and some kind of bumbling fool. She's not. Well, are Democrats then watching Fox News on a consistent basis and Fox News is convincing them of that? Right. Is that what's going on? Is that that what's happening? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) My God. No, nothing like being told you're stupid, I guess. Well, you know what I like the best part? Mm. When she was saying that she's not some type of... Did you hear the the crowd wasn't like cheering yeah, like yeah. crazy? They weren't going, yeah. 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 I mean, with yeah. the passion that Navarro was, uh-huh. she's not, she's not, she's not. Uh-huh. That's not who she is. There was like polite applause, but it wasn't wild and no, crazy no, no, no. like you would expect. No. Why? Because Democrats believe that she is inept and some kind of bumbling fool. Yep. And by the way, the same thing with Biden. Yeah. Otherwise, Democrats, the polling would show that they want him to run again. Yep. Yeah, they'll still vote for him, but they don't. They believe that he's that they're worried and they're especially worried if DeSantis wins the primaries. Well, they're they're very concerned right. about DeSantis. 
and they have been for a while. And, but and, now it's getting closer to the uh, announcement. If he's if he's going to run, where <clears throat> then it, it'll be just a few months before he announces. And by the way, the reason is simple: Democrats believe that Biden beat Trump once. Yeah. Biden will beat Trump again. Yep. That Trump will be his worst enemy. Yep. Well, look. I mean, you know, you look at uh, Trump over the last. You, you saw see the rant he had about uh, about uh, DeSantis in his book last Friday. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's just going crazy yeah. about that. N- I don't know any Republican that gives a damn who has more sales of the book, whether it's DeSantis or Trump. It's yeah, not an no. issue out no, there. It, it really isn't. If Trump, if Trump blows this, he blows it for the same reason. That we said he blew twenty twenty, yeah, and, and the that Wall was, Street Journal and and others and the Wall Street, pointed yeah, out, we, but we pointed out that all he has to do is talk about his accomplishments and what he has done, and for some damn reason he just won't do it. We watch that he, over and over yep. and over and over, and and stay on just that. You point out what Biden's doing wrong, of course, but you list your accomplishments. Those two fronts are the only thing you touch over and over, and the polls show you're the guy. And then in the general, you would beat Biden hands down. And he just does not have the ability to do it. Yeah, no, that's a unicorn. He's, he's done it at times. Yeah. You know, that, but he doesn't have the ability to do it. It's long a unicorn. Term. It's yeah. a unicorn. Yeah, he can't he he can't do it. It's the same thing as, you know, the being in Iowa last night and, and or yesterday, or, mm. uh, and uh, the whole shortening <laughs> to sanctimonious to to sanctus. See, Brett Hume goes. Yeah, Brett nobody, Hume. Nobody's going to understand what the hell does that mean? I don't know what that doesn't mean means. anything? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and the the stories on Trump is he's working so hard to come up with some name right. for DeSantis. Yeah. Stop well, it. it! It it it's honestly you have to go because. You have to go back, and as bad as Biden is, you still have to campaign like you're starting over, because you are. Yeah, it just and with your listed accomplishments, repeating them over and over again, and repeating the failures of the Biden presidency, you win the nomination. You win the general. You don't even have to mention until DeSantis gets in. I wouldn't even mention him. I I I wouldn't even right. blink. Frankly, on every think about this. On every debate stage, he's the only one with presidential experience and a success story behind his presidency. The only one. Now, DeSantis comes in. I almost said DeSantis. <laughs> Dang it. Um, DeSantis comes in, and clearly the guy can lead. He, he turned his entire state red. The guy can bring people together in, 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 and, and, and form a consensus politically. He can get that done. But Trump is the only one on any of the stages that has a successful presidency in terms of the economy and everything else. He can win that if only he could stay 
on that. On his accomplishments. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And for some reason, he just believes that if he can come up with a new name to, you know, uh, for DeSantis, that somehow that's going to stick. And, mm. you know, every and it's funny because DeSantis really doesn't mention any of it until he's asked a question. Right. Now, it may be a yeah. planned question, mm. <laughs> but yeah. still, it's a question. He just goes, well, you know, that's. Oh, he wishes to run a campaign, and you right. know we look at the work that we've done here, and mm-hmm. we'll present our resume to the American public. Right. And if if he wishes to call names, that's fine. That's what he decides to do. And it's just like it doesn't it it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't stick to DeSantis. But and it also sounds like this is the thing. As the one person who has presidential experience, there is a lack of seriousness in that narrative of name calling or being concerned about mm. the sales of books and DeSantis didn't sell that many. My book's yeah. not even out yet. And the media is trying to get, nobody gives a damn about your book or DeSantis's book. Nobody's counting that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Stop it. Talk about your accomplishments and you can highlight your accomplishments based on the failure of the Biden administration. And that's why you no matter who else decides to get in to this campaign, that's why you should be number one. Well, have, has there ever been a, a, a greater juxtaposition in terms of actual presidential records of accomplishments than Trump versus Biden? Look at everything and put it on paper and look at that very clear difference. Yeah. Well, number one. Inflation. You look at that. Yeah. You look at that spending right. that was the uh, uh, done, and you weren't in office. You could you can point to the you know the uh, the American Rescue Act. You look at that to begin with, and you say that's what even the Obama economists say right. caused the massive inflation. Right. We would have never we would have never done that. And now right. you see what's you know what's uh, what's going on uh, right now on foreign policy. All you have to do is point to Afghanistan and say we would have done it completely different. You know we would have done it uh, uh, differently. Yep. Uh, you look at Ukraine and you say, I would have had, as he's been saying, he was actually as on Ukraine. He simply says, and, and that's what you do politically. Uh, this wouldn't be happening if if I was uh, president, just like he messed up Afghanistan. He's going to have us in a never ending war uh, in, you know, in, um, you know, in Ukraine, whatever. But you can look at and then the border. You've got it. So you take oh, yeah. you take four topics right there. You take defunding the police as a fifth topic. You take solar and wind. As the other one, so you've got six topics right there. All you do is pound them day in and day out because there's a 180-degree difference between what you believe yep. and what Biden believes. I have the presidential experience. I have the foreign policy experience. So no matter who gets in – by the way, we're doing this off the top of our heads. There's right. no notes here. Nope. No matter who else gets in, uh, I am the number one candidate to run for the Republican side. And, and again, the only one. Yeah. Who has a record, a proven record, right. right? the only one. And all you have to do is repeat that record and then compare it to Biden's. That's the only thing you, you have to do. Right. right, because Nikki Haley and Ramaswamy are not even, you, you don't even have to you, mention them. You, you, don't, you, you don't need you to go don't after even, them. You don't right. even blink. And, right. and frankly, if DeSantis gets in, you don't even, and with all due respect, my plan is proven. What I have done is proven, blah, blah, and 
congratulations to what he's done in Florida. What I've done is, and then you just repeat your accomplishments as president yep. and you ignore everything else. You don't have to attack anybody. You don't have to go after anybody because you're the only one with a proven record on that stage. Right. And when you get on the stage with Biden in the general, you're still the only one with a proven record of success as a president. Yep. Discipline. And, and, and anything, anything else? And I don't know if an indictment comes down, I don't know how that's going to affect yeah. You know, the Republicans uh, view of uh, of him. Right. But Trump is not as popular as he was two years ago. No. And he, in and in most polls, he doesn't have over 50 percent. And DeSantis hasn't started running and hasn't started campaigning. Yet. Right. Well, he has started campaigning, but unofficially. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Donors are lining and, up. And yeah, yeah. Don- exactly. So uh, but he hasn't he hasn't officially uh, uh, announced. But it's really amazing that. You know, and I don't know whether it's his ego. I don't know what gets in the way of it. But what you've just heard here is if, is if we were political consultants. And sometimes when we put on our political consultant hats, when we did it last week, people completely, for some reason, some of our listeners don't even understand what we're doing. And they mm. think sometimes our political consulting advice is absolutely our particular belief in something. And it's not. Where it's just this is our political advice. And the political weaknesses we see in any particular candidate. We do the same for Democrats and Republicans. Right. Absolutely. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I just have to play uh, this uh, little uh, clip from uh, Brett Barry yesterday, and Brett Hume was on uh, uh, with him about uh, the president and his, uh, excuse me, the former president, Trump, and his nickname for Ron DeSantis. Mm. Here we go. Let's find it here. Yeah, Ron DeSanctis. You think that's going to stick? The short I, well, for Ron DeSanctimonious? I, I don't think Ron DeSanctis sounds much different from Ron DeSantis. I'm not sure what the point of it is. I don't think it. I don't think that hurts him in any way. What does, <laughs> does it mean? What is? What is it? What does it mean? <laughs> oh, so bad. You know, and look. Uh, there, there are a number of things that worked in the past. <laughs> uh, maybe with a, a number of people, they got some attention, they got some free press. Those things are are now way off the table. They're not even because in the in everything right now, everything at the forefront is about the economy. It's about the uh, border being broken. It's about the fact that we have a current commander-in-chief that has no idea what he's doing. And all of that can be solved, and Trump can run. He's, he could run a very strict campaign of his accomplishments versus Biden's failures. But I don't believe he will.
you're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. You know, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, and I just went, wow, we had covered this when it happened, but I forgot about it. Glenn uh, Greenwald put this out yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was he was using this in reference to the Dominion and Smartmatic lawsuit against uh, uh, against uh, Fox. Okay. And he said, uh, and he writes, before Fox and Carlson's lawyers, I Tucker Carlson's lawyers, raised this common... Uh, before Fox and Carlson's lawyers raised this commonplace defense that his statements aren't taken literally, and apparently that was in some brief, according to Glenn Greenwald, uh, Greenwald that, uh, okay, you know, hey, my statements aren't taken literally, what, what I actually say. MSNBC and Maddow's lawyers raised exactly the same defense to get her out of the defamation lawsuit, and the corporate media never mentions it. Now, this is fascinating because we have always said, it's very, very tough when you get into, you know, presidential elections and things like that about, you know, uh, about, you know, what is considered defamation and what is not. Now, Rachel Maddow made her incorrect accusation against uh, OAN, One American News. Mm. And she devoted a segment in 2019 accusing uh, OAN of being a paid propaganda outlet for the Kremlin, discussing a Daily Beast article, which noted that one reporter was a Russian national and was simultaneously writing copy for a Russian-owned outlet Sputnik on a freelance contract, Maddow escalated the allegation greatly into a broad claim about OAN's real identity and purpose. In this case, she announced uh, the uh, most pro-right-wing news outlet in America really literally is paid Russian propaganda, end of quote. Hmm. Now, in response, OAN sued Maddow. And you can look at this and say, okay, they're two media organizations going back and forth. Right. And that's separate from going after a company that isn't in the opinion business, like right. a Smartmatic yeah. or, or Dominion. But the fact is you could say, well, she's making a claim that could hurt their bottom line, their advertising, which would be the same as Dominion and Smartmatic, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, of course, everything, you know, here's a Captain Obvious statement. It depends on the judge you get, right? But, um, no, no, that, no, but you, no, you're right. It's, but the precedent is interesting in that. All right. Uh, Maddow going after the competitor, right? Uh, OAN. Uh, there's a lot of hyperbole on both. And, then you get into the, was it the intent to define the news organization? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the technical sense, or was it hyperbole? And and there's right. where I think the difference would be in that we're talking about in, in the case of Fox News and, and, the, and, and, and their lawsuits and the software companies, there is a a technical claim. Now, I don't know. Here's here's the thing. We don't have in front of us the claims verbatim against anyone at Fox News and the statements that were made, the damaging statements right. that Dominion says were, you know, damaging to their business. We don't have those in front of us, and, and so analyzing that. But it is a difference in, in a 
a technical approach because I do we do know that some of the claims again I don't know if we can attribute this to anybody at Fox News or the Fox News organization or the that, or, or lawyers or lawyers uh, that they right that they or guests yeah that uh, anybody that they had on um, a, 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 a guy who sells pillows that said a made a technical claim on a software company because if right. if you're saying that if you say okay here's what they did and then they then you get into a very and then it would be almost impossible to say that was hyperbole well here's, here's but, but there right. may be some things that right, fall under hyperbole right because because here's here's the point of view and i and i don't know you know in all the different lawsuits who's i know in one of the lawsuits they probably are but the allegation that dominion paid money bribed the governor that's a specific crime of bribery right. to a governor and the secretary of state yeah. in order to uh let them use the uh the uh what what would i guess the manipulated software that would give right. more more votes right. to right. biden instead of trump that right. is a specific allegation yeah but as he writes here, in re- this is just interesting, just fascinating because no, of this is, yeah. ruling in general, though. Yeah, yeah. In response, OAN sued Maddow, not because even the the legal thing, because legally you can say, okay, you're uh, you're you're a uh, you're you're literally you're literally a uh, paid Russian propaganda. Well, um, you know, you can uh, you. I'm I'm trying to think of what you could you you could sit there and say for the longest time. Uh, that uh, MSNBC was literally paid Chinese propaganda because they hid the fact that the uh, you know I, I'm this is a hypothetical I'm not right, accusing right, them right, of that right <laughs> I'm not trying to get us sued but hypothetically you say that because they wouldn't allow that they, they wouldn't allow they censored the one portion and went after people the the one portion of of the theory of the lab leak or not and they were part of the censoring and had said, you know, whatever, and so you decide to call them paid Chinese propaganda. And then the Chinese whatever. would respond by saying, well, hey, whoa, 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 <clears throat> we're just communists. MSNBC is crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In an oddly overlooked ruling, an Obama-appointed federal judge, Cynthia Bashant, dismissed the lawsuits on the ground that even Maddow's own audience understands that her show consists of exaggeration, hyperbole, and pure opinion, and therefore would not assume that such outlandish accusations are factually true, even when she uses a language of certainty and truth (laughs) when presenting them. And, and, in quote, literally is paid Russian propaganda. In concluding that Maddow's statement would be understood even by her own viewers as non-factual, <laughs> a judge emphasized that what Maddow does in general is not present news, but rather hyperbole and exploitation of actual news to serve her liberal activism. On one hand, a viewer who watches news channels tunes in for facts and the goings-on in the world. MSNBC indeed produces news, but this point must be juxtaposed with the fact that Maddow made the allegedly defamatory statement on her own talk show news segment where she is invited and encouraged to share her opinion with viewers. 
Maddow does not keep her political views a secret, and therefore audiences could expect her to use subjective language that comports with her political opinions. Thus, Maddow's show is different than a typical news segment where anchors inform viewers about the daily uh, news. The judge's observation about the specific segment at issue in which Maddow accused OAN of being, quote, literally paid Russian propaganda, end of quote, was even more damning. Maddow's own views, views, excuse me, excuse me, Maddow's own viewers ruled the court not only expect but desire that she will not provide the news in factual form, but will exaggerate and even distort reality in order to shape her opinion-driven analysis. Emphasis added. First of all, I can't tell whether the judge is a liberal or a far-right conservative. (laughs) Because I can't tell whether he's defending Rachel Maddow or completely throwing her under the proverbial bus, saying, oh, even the people that watch her show know that it's all garbage. but But the interesting thing is, you go from that what the judge is saying is uh, said way back then is Maddow's show is basically parody. It's basically the Babylon yeah. Bee because if she knows she's lying and her audience knows she's lying, just to make a political point based on lies, well, isn't that what parody does? Um. Uh, What's the difference then? Because parody is protected. The Babylon Bee, for example, when we read those headlines, we all laugh because there may be a semblance in a direction would, of the world well, leftism is going. Yeah, Go no, no. I, well, I would say the difference between that and parody is that parody, especially in the case of Babylon Bee, carries more truth. <laughs> parody. Parody is more. So you have. So you have. News presentation where you can have defamation. Then the next level is parody, which has partial truth to it. And then Rachel Maddow, that's just all complete lies, but everybody knows it's lies, including her. And that's sort of getting back to where liberalism is today. The whole thing that we have said when Corrine Jean-Pierre gets out there and speaks, she knows she's lying. The media knows she's lying. Mm -hmm. Everybody watching her speak knows she's lying. She knows that everybody knows that she's lying, but nobody really admits it. Well, and and that's it. I I I dare say that Babylon B would have a tougher time with this judge than <laughs> Rachel Maddow did. In some ruled the court, Rachel Maddow is among those quote speakers whose statements cannot reasonably be interpreted as allegations of fact, despite the fact uh, that she used the word literally to accuse OAN. Of being a paid, of being paid Russian propaganda. The court dismissed the lawsuit on the ground that given Maddow's conduct and her audience's awareness of who she is and what she does, the court finds that the contested statement is an opinion that cannot serve as a basis for a defamation claim, which is everybody knows that it's almost as if this is a new, a new form of media outside of parody. Uh, that that opinion, that opinion, yeah. that that opinion on MSNBC and Rachel Maddow, everybody knows is a lie, and it's expected that it's going to be a lie. 
And therefore, since everybody knows she's she's lying, she knows she's lying, the audience knows she's lying, then nobody can take it, you know, that seriously that it would be the truth. That's amazing. Uh it's amazing to hear that from a judge, but I would say that that judge is also making the case for the challenger, you know, the challenge brought to OAN uh, and and not for Rachel Maddow. Because what you're saying is then the, the lies can then do no damage. And the fact is, is that they can. And that's what the judge misses. Okay. Is that okay. if, if if you're saying that everybody knows that this is a bunch of hot air, uh, you know, primetime cable news is all opinionated stuff and it's all hyperbole, it's not the truth, it's not based in facts, you're admitting that there are lies. So then from there, the question is, can those lies be damaging? And the answer is yes. But is that the precedent that was made there because they, they talk about uh – what uh, what uh, makes this particularly notable and ironic is a similar argument was made a year later by lawyers for Fox News when defending a statement uh, that appeared on the program of Tucker Carlson. Mm. That was part of a lawsuit brought by former model Karen McDougal, who claimed Carlson slandered her by saying she extorted former President Trump by demanding payments in exchange for silence about an extramarital affair she claimed to have with him. McDougal's lawsuit was dismissed in September of 2020 by a Trump-appointed judge based on arguments made by Fox lawyers that were virtually identical to those made by MSNBC's lawyers when defending Maddow. In particular, the court accepted Fox's argument that when Carlson used the word extortion, he meant it in a... Uh, proverbial sense. A what? In a proverbial sense, right. not literal and, sense. And, right, in a dramatic sense that his viewers would have understood he was not literally accusing her of a crime, but rather offering his own subjective characterizations and opinions. That he was, that she was just trying to get money. He wasn't, and the, the judge is believing basically the argument that he wasn't trying to say that she actually broke the law, yeah. committed a crime. Yeah, interesting but I think it gets more technical with the I think software. It, I think it, I think it is, too. I think it yeah. is. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up, uh, the Biden washing machine rule, as they're calling it. Going after washing machines now. Yeah. How dare you want clean clothes? In order to save the planet. Yeah. Now, the washing machine manufacturers mm-hmm. have responded. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the Maytag man can do something. <laughs> they, they had to wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I actually own Maytag. <laughs> so do I. So, yeah. so do I. Yeah. And, and it has not. I've had them for um, over a decade. Mm, yeah. Washer and dryer, both. Yeah. No, no repairs yet. Yep. But then again, it's only me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. and the cat doesn't wear any clothes. So <laughs> Laundry. Your cat is naked. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. And thank you. All right, so here we go. Last month, President Biden's Department of Energy proposed new efficiency standards for washing machines that requires new appliances to use considerably less water, all in an effort to confront the global climate crisis. Leading industry corporations have voiced their opinion on the rule, claiming that mandates force manufacturers to reduce cleaning performance to ensure that machines comply. Each cycle will take longer, the detergent will cost more, and in the end, the clothes will be less clean. Now, the headline for this story was, Biden washing machine rule would make Americans dirtier and stinkier and raise prices. Uh, you had uh, that, that was according to manufacturers like Whirlpool. The proposed washing machine change is the latest example of the Biden administration pushing more consumer regulations to advance green initiatives. In February, the administration received heat for a leak proposal, which would have banned half of America's gas stoves, in addition to another proposal to heavily regulate refrigerators. Like many efficiency standards, the government's claims that although these standards will raise the cost of appliances, they are justified because they will reduce consumer spending on energy and water even more. Of course, if that were true, consumers would likely buy more efficient appliances anyway, given that studies show consumers consider energy and water cost, said American Enterprise Institute senior fellow James Coleman to Fox News Digital. If consumers do fully consider what they will pay on energy in their individual circumstances, then the standards would, on net, harm consumers. Mm. Their proposal builds on the more than 110 actions the Biden-Harris administration took in 2022 to strengthen energy efficient standards and save the average family at least $100 annually through lower energy costs, the Department of Energy said in a press release. You notice that I chuckled there. Yeah. The Association of, uh, the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers argued that the Energy Department's washing machine regulations would have a disproportionate negative impact on low-income households by eliminating cheaper appliances from the market. Yeah, The Energy Department estimates that manufacturers will incur nearly $700 million in conversion costs to transition to the new machines. The proposal also argues that it won't reduce appliance performance, but skepticism is warranted because past regulations have often been found to reduce performance. Let me ask you this question here, and it's a serious question. Right. Okay. Low-flow toilets. Yeah. How many more times do people have to flush low-flow toilets? What has been the savings on low-flow toilets in general? When they And I don't want to get into the specific details of it. When they don't get the job done as a, a more high-flow toilet would. Right. Well, that's, um, I mean, that's a, legi- no, that's, it's I, a legitimate I think, question. I, I think, uh, and so we can look at any appliance where these standards are are put into place, right? And there are modifications that you can make. 
depending on the toilet you have, <laughs> uh, I actually found a brand and a model that has a trick. Now, of course, the company does not advertise it. It doesn't, they don't openly promote it because they can't. They would be out of compliance. But if you happen to hold the handle down for an extended period of time, it is no longer a low-flow toilet. Yes. Now, uh, so there's that. There's the shower head thing. Okay, so I can just take out that little blue plastic piece on the inside and have a high flow because I don't want the flat hair like Kramer. <laughs> what's what's left of it? I want it to be nice and full. I want are you enjoying water it? pressure. Are you enjoying the salad? Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, how did you make it? I made oh, I made it as I bathed. Oh, oh <laughs> remember that? that? I remember that. Every time <laughs> I know you go. I wash lettuce. I think of that episode. <laughs> and oh. how matter of factly Kramer oh. said it. Oh, I, I uh, everything's so uh, you know clean. You know yeah. how, how did you make it? Well, I made it as I bathed. Oh. <laughs> and they're. And what putty, putty was a, putty was a germaphobe, and yeah. then the other the older uh, woman was too. That they oh, that was that was prob- what's one of my least favorite moments. He put remember he put the disposal yeah after he got yeah. the, after he got the new high flow shower <laughs> or whatever he put the he put the disposal <laughs> in his shower. And he's cramming things down. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Anybody eating breakfast in yeah. the next couple of minutes? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, but then you you take something like this uh, now with, with, with the, the, the washing machines. And, and, and here's the thing is that it, it, it affects the price. Um, I would argue it affects, and in fact, they did here, uh, uh, argued that it affects the ability for that machine to clean uh, the, the idea for it, uh, not only is it to use that water and agitation and the detergents and maybe temperature of the water in order to bring that soil out of the, the, uh, the clothing, but um, on top of that, with less water, you get greater friction. And you'll notice that with those low water, uh, and I don't own one for this reason, but with those low water units, your clothes will wear out a lot faster because there is greater friction with less water. There's greater friction of those uh, pieces of clothing uh, during the agitation mode. And so all of that adds up to a very costly situation where you're basically not saving much at all. You're doing something uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to basically to kind of soothe the activists that are out there, you're not really making any headway. I don't know on if I should, I don't conservation know if, of water. I, I'm going to tell you about this study because I think it's I think it's important because it is is something to do with really sanitation of clothes. Mm-hmm. What they also found out this is a study I saw a couple of years ago mm-hmm. is that washing machines still did not do the job to remove mm-hmm. all fecal matter mm-hmm. from from clothing. Mm-hmm. And that was the modern washer still didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's something that probably most people didn't know. Mm-hmm. When you see that, you're like, oh, 
okay, well, I don't know then. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know about that. But mm-hmm. I was surprised when I saw that. I just figured, well, come on. I mean, with the detergent, everything else, I said, nope, you can still still find, mm-hmm. you know, it. Um, you may not see it, but mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> I don't want to get into the details, but you know what I mean. Right. All right. That's eat, why, that's eat why. breakfast I, now. That's why I insist. High fiber. I insist that all of the uh, babies and young children in my family do their laundry at the laundromat, <laughs> not at my house. Hey, save well, that, your quarters. Oh, that was the thing too that that it actually remained that bacteria remained, you know, in the at the actual tub, right? And that's yeah. why they said if you, you know, don't you, you, right. proactively, and and that's right. another thing. Um, they now have the washing machine cleaner. Yes. So that you can keep the uh, the the door seal and everything else from getting moldy mm-hmm. and all of that because of the way that they're designed, I would I would say that 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 may have more to do with the design. I don't know about the uh, low flow elements of it if if that is part of it or not. But the you know the modern washing machine has a lot going on. The more electronics it has, the less interested I am, and that's really hard to find a one that has the simpler mechanics on board it's harder to find more and more because we're changing our sensibilities you know this one will send you a text it's a smart washing machine i'm just sitting 10 feet away watching tv i don't need a text to know when my jeans are mostly clean you know i got that on my microwave uh i was shopping for a microwave mine from the year 2000 23 years old went out and so I was shopping one for one from the same company because uh, I thought, well, that one lasted that long. And then all these things came up. You can get a smart microwave. What do you use a microwave for at the most? Two minutes? You needed to text you? Where are you going for two minutes that you need contact made by your microwave? I digress. I, w- I want to show you this here because we talk about technology. There, right there, you're looking at the app to my automated kitty litter. Yeah, but that's something that saves you some work. Oh, it's a tremendous yeah. amount of work. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you can. That I would buy if I had a cat. Uh, I, I can see now it is. Uh, 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 my cat has not used the kitty litter yet. Ah. Every time she goes in, she's weighed and. Uh, it goes through a sanitation process and everything else. Yeah. After she uh, she leaves, I know if what she do you goes- run an animal lab. What is this? <laughs> her blood's taken. <laughs> we have her do some tests and some mm-hmm. perform some tasks. No, but I have her on a diet after her last vet <laughs> visit, and she's lost two tenths of a pound in ten days. All right. On her on her new diet, I can tell that because every time she goes into the kitty litter, it, it weighs her, and I and I can see it on my app. How do you know she's not just keeping one? paw out of the box to trick you because you because they know basically what her weight is when she's in there because she does she'll do that mm-hmm. she'll put and it'll say cat not fully in and you'll see only five pounds oh of pressure come on in. i was only joking are you really? no uh, yes <laughs> no 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 and it will tell you it sometimes will tell you your cat your primary cat is not using it because the weight doesn't match either the cat is you know just partially in the kitty litter uh, or it's a different cat using it, and You're, so they didn't. So it doesn't go through the automatic cleaning cycle. 
because it doesn't believe that a cat's actually been in there. This smart litter box is for smart cats, not your cat, mister. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, the, um, you know, the technology is very interesting, but that, that saves you some work that you don't necessarily want to do. But I mean, um, the, the number one reason though, because mm-hmm. I went through a few of them before I found the one that I like. The number yeah. one reason yeah. is people come into my house and they say, I don't smell any cat smell. I smell no litter bot, nothing. Right. I only smell you know, Gary smell. It just, it's just, it's old, uh, we, they come in, they go, oh, I, I go, no cat smell? No, just old man smell. Just, 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 oh, okay. just talk radio hyperbole and old man smell. Yeah. A lot of hot air. It's warm in here. Could you turn it down? Talk radio, red eye radio musk. <laughs> For the critical thinker <laughs> in your oh, life. Oh, my I don't think I ever want to say that again. Oh, wow. No, I like that idea. That creeped me out as I was saying it. Uh, I I had a guy write to me, where's my coffee cup? I want a car. I go, I don't have one. (laughs) Hey. I uh, like that, though. Red Eye Radio must. We'll get Keanu Reeves to do the endorsement. He's got uh, John Wick 4 coming out this week. Is it this week? I think it's this week. I think it's Friday. How many does he kill in this one? Uh, I, I think they lost count. It's, it's like two hundred and fifty. One, one of them. Was one of the uh, one of the critics said it was the it was the best one so far in the series. But of course it is because we've been waiting for so long. I can't wait to see it. I may take the day off. <laughs> I may no no no. Here's how extreme it is. I may actually go to the theater to watch it. I said may. Yeah, I may too. And I you know sometimes so one of my services. Oh, special preview. But normally that's a month or two in. Yeah, yeah, can, right. You can, well, you can and, buy it early. You know, it comes out. I mean, I'll be buying it anyway. Uh, let's see here. When is it coming out? I don't know why. I thought it was 2024. Okay. No, uh, it's coming out. Uh, For God's sakes, don't anybody. Look, don't kill his dog. You know? Yeah. A, yeah. It's coming out. I think later, it isn't this week. Looks like it's uh, the 24th, I think. But, yeah. All right. He goes after apparently anyone uh, who has a uh, low-flow washer or toilet. Well, of course. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, March 24th is when it hits theaters. Is there going to be another equalizer? I hope so. Frankly, I'll watch anything that Denzel does. He could he could sit there. You know what? For the entire next Equalizer, he could sit in that restaurant and just read that book silently. <laughs> and I would go. I would watch. It. He could do just that. And I go, no, oh, that was a great movie. It was a great movie. I mean, Equalizer 2, I mean, I was still expecting there was just something about him working basically at a Home Depot and then sitting at that restaurant that, you know, that just was appealing and so in the, the second one where they changed it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now I, I think if there's going to be a third one, I think I read they're going he's going to be somewhere, you know, across the world. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I liked yeah, him in that sense. little setting of, yeah. of, you know, of just being faking that he's a normal, well, a that, normal person. And, and that was based job. on the original, you know, CBS TV series. I love that. You know, being, yep. being basically watching over his neighborhood, you know, yeah, being the guy that, that helps out people. 
helping people, right? You know, uh, uh, giving them a hand up in their neighborhood and and kind of being the local hero. That was kind of what that was. And I loved the original. And when they yeah. said it was going to be a movie with Denzel Washington, I went, oh, "It's not going to be good. Mm. It's great." It was, oh my it was, gosh! It was better than the series. To be whole new you. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. At the core of compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA, is FMCSA's safety measurement system, or SMS. The SMS uses seven safety improvement categories called basics to examine a carrier's on-road performance and potential crash risk. The categories of basics are unsafe driving, hours of service compliance, driver fitness, controlled substances and alcohol, vehicle maintenance, hazardous materials compliance, and crash indicator. Under FMCSA's old measurement system, carrier performance was assessed in only four broad categories. Violations or crashes that have occurred within the previous 24 months of performance data are included in CSA calculations, but more recent events are weighted more heavily than older events. Violations or crashes that have happened within the past six months are weighted 33% more than events that occurred 6 to 12 months ago. And violations that are older than a year are weighted 66% less than recent violations. This allows a carrier to improve their CSA score gradually as they see fewer and fewer violations. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Michael Schellenberger, uh, who uh, testified last week with Matt Taibbi mm. at, uh, the, uh, in front of uh, Congress, the House Judiciary Committee, on the, uh, the Twitter files, uh, had an uh, op-ed piece that he wrote yesterday saying, Democrats ignore uh, my Twitter files testimony at their peril and ours. We talked about it yesterday, how incredible it was when yeah. you really realize that the Democrats don't care about freedom of speech. Right. When they don't care about the First Amendment, when they don't care about government censorship, where there's no curiosity there at all. That followed by, you saw that the Democrats now have bailed again on a on a, uh, a border uh, a hearing that they're having at the border uh, with uh, uh, your friend, uh, the uh, the head of the border. Raul Patrol. Ortiz. He's going mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's to be there. And, and they had warned, it was, you know, they told them, you know, this was going on, mm-hmm. and the Democrats came back and said, well, no, uh, we were never officially invited to go. What do you mean you weren't? You have one of your own witnesses here. <laughs> right. They just will not. They don't care about the border. Because they know they, they can't get anywhere no. close to that. Uh, they Because, that, and that's the only thing they can do. Yep. So is they, run from it. And and so we'll get to that more coming up. 866-90-RED-EYE.
Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, I have to ask this question here. Okay. I mean, right. I, and, and it was after I saw last night, and this was last night when I woke up, and it was on there. It was a top story on foxnews.com for a while. Okay. And I said to myself, do they believe they're going to lose the Smartmatic and Dominion lawsuit so they're going to change and become like a tabloid? Mm. Because the top headline was trucker records creepy ghost-like figure on a highway while driving alone at night. That was the number one story last night on Fox News. It's moved down now to the second. And I'm thinking to myself, are the it's the, all the viral stuff. Is is that is that what it's becoming now? It's it's you know, because I was like, and and it was, you know, yeah, I watched the video and it's like, I can't tell what it is. No idea what it is. Right. It could be anything. Could be a reflection. I can't tell. Right. But that was the lead story on FoxNews.com. And I, that's the first thought that came to my mind. Do they believe they're going to lose this and they're going to lose $4 billion and they have to become a tabloid and let it? Well, first of all, all truckers know that ghosts don't hang out on that highway. They're all on I 80. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, but it is that, and, and I see it too. I think you and I uh, were having that conversation off the air earlier about how many so-called news stories there are based on somebody's post on TikTok. (laughs) A mom cries over what people said about her son. And it's a TikTok post from the mom. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sorry that happened, whatever it was. And, but is that news? It's a, that's already happened. That was on TikTok. That's not news. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, and, and it's over and over again. Man finds genius way to remove the paint from the door that he's refurbishing. It was a sandblaster. Everyone wants to know, to know how to get this miracle tool. It's a sand blaster. (laughs) He started a new trend there at Home Depot <laughs> in the sandblaster aisle. Make sure you get some sand for your sandblaster. And I just I just thought to myself, is that what it, it reminds me of the stories that would come out several years ago, started seeing these things. People are learning how to save money by doing this neat trick. Well, what I did is I took some food that we had for dinner last night, put it in a container. I put that container in a bag. I took it to my office, put it in the fridge. And then at lunchtime, instead of spending 20 bucks at a restaurant, I ate the food from that container. And we have a microwave at work. So you took your lunch to work? That's the story? I like the one that used to be a long time ago, the, the, this while back. Uh, <clears throat> how to pay your mortgage quicker. How to pay your mortgage off a lot faster. It's like paying extra principal yeah. along the way. Yeah. yeah. Make double payments. Yeah. Yeah. 
By the way, this I, one trick. By the it's way, not I, a trick. I have to celebrate. Yeah. Ten days ago, I paid off. Oh, my, that's right. We didn't talk about I it. I paid off my mortgage. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Congratulations. Paid off my mortgage. That's got to be a wild feeling. I mean, I've done well, it before, but I mean, it's got to be a. Well, in well, that, you're not going to. Well, I don't mm-hmm. want to say this because maybe you will at some point. I was going to say you'll probably never buy anything again. You're not that old, but uh, you might buy another property, I guess, at some point. <laughs> It'll be in cash. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> I'm not going to do another. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's Make sure uh, it has for, a safety ramp and I, some rails. I did it. It was, it was 16 years, but I refinanced twice, yeah. both times right, for 15. Right. Yeah. So I paid this one off like five years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and right. the la- it would have been paid off during COVID. But yeah, I decided, yeah. you know, it's like, eh, no need to do it. And the interest right. rate at that point was, you know, my interest rate was like 3.2% or something. So Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, and, and you pay the, you pay the interest off a lot quicker on a 15 year mortgage. Yeah. So the interest was hardly yeah. anything. But yeah. Right. Like the last six months, I made like six, <laughs> six payments every month mm-hmm. just to get rid of it. I was like, I just want right. to get rid of right. it. Just get right. rid of it. Get rid of it. Right. So, yeah. It is. Uh, it is. Un- I will tell you this. I never thought, because I think the one thing that we learn as we get older is, there are some parts of your life that are really, really long, but you don't remember them when you get to this point, and you look back and you say, "Boy, that was quick." Like when someone's, you know, well, yeah, someone brings up how long you've been in radio now, and it's like forty-one years this uh, coming October, mm-hmm. and talk radio, I believe, will be. No, no, it'll be 41 years July, and then talk mm. radio will be 30, 33? I forgot. Mm. 33 years, 33 or 34 years mm-hmm. uh, in, in October. It seems like it was like that. Yeah. But And so the first... 34 years. You started in 89, so it'll be 34. 34, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> He knows me better than I do. I don't mean to uh, show off my <laughs> math skills or nothing. You remember I started in 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, talked about it. But I never, especially my first, you know, 10, 15 years in radio where you really don't make a lot of money. You're always working mm-hmm. two, three jobs. You know it. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would own a home yeah, and stay in this yeah, business ever. Yeah. So my wife and was, I early on <laughs> realized, well, radio's not going to get it done. Uh, so we became real estate investors and, and did that along the way um, at a novice level. Um, built a massive, massive, massive empire. company, this huge empire. I put my name on the side of all the buildings and everybody <laughs> goes, who? Who's Eric? <laughs> Shouldn't you put your last name on there? <laughs> um, but no, um, I, we just always knew that. We were going to have to, you know, I mean, whether it's a, a another part-time job, which we've always done, or, uh, you know, investing in ways that, you know, that can get it done. Uh, it was just going to have to, well, that's the way it was going to be. Well, and, for, and, or I, I assumed it was always going to be that way because, well, it's it's radio. And it, well, it wasn't even necessarily the money because I knew I would make money somehow. Mm-hmm. It was that I was moving all the time. And you're moving every couple of years. It's like not worth buying a house, not worth buying a house, not worth buying a house. So for me, it was more of the moving, you know, because I was always making money because if I wasn't making money in this, I was doing something else on the side. And so I knew I, but it was just, it was a combination of, okay, where's the, is there any security here? 
and and um, and will I ever be able to stay in one place? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I didn't object to you know to it. It was just yeah. I didn't see. I don't want to make it sound like I suffered during this this entire time mm-hmm. because I didn't. I enjoyed. I've enjoyed every moment of. I said almost said I enjoyed as if it's ending. I enjoy every moment of it. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll continue to enjoy every moment uh, yeah. uh, of it. So sure. But uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, we, it's, it's I, huge. It's it's going to be cool. At the end of this month, not to have a payment. Right. Yeah. To to then it, it will uh, it will feel like there's a a, a weird void. You know of, of mm-hmm. okay, shouldn't I be doing something? Don't I? Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be doing something right now. There's got to be somebody's going to be looking for me if I don't. <laughs> Well, now it sort of now it sort of ticks you off. Once your mortgage is gone, it ticks you off that you're in a place with a homeowners association that could put a lien on your house mm. if they disagree with something with you with the fine and yeah. can take your house. That seems to be because you start thinking at that point. Well, now the house is mine. Yeah. As long as I pay my property taxes and don't get into a fight with my HOA. I I'm in a rare situation where I don't have one. Uh, we do have a very strict set of. Um, uh, of city ordinances and guidelines, uh, but I don't have an HOA. But but I look at it as the the property tax issue. Now the good thing is is our our state just moved for people your age, yay, uh, yay. to and they had before actually, yeah. Uh, where uh, you before it was freezing your property tax uh, at the age of sixty five, yep. and now. What do they call it? Condensing it or compressing it? Compress, yeah. I mean, whatever it is called. Yeah. Uh, but it basically um, is uh, something the state of Texas did in order to help uh, seniors, and and I think that's a good thing. Um, so it lessens the burden on seniors when it comes to property taxes, and I, that is something yes, I love because that happened when I hit sixty five. When yeah. that happened, it was like. Right. It's frozen from the state level. Yeah. Yeah. Not the local level. Right, the, right, right, right. And now it, it goes level. beyond but freezing and goes into that compression mode. So. Where I start paying less. Yeah. You're going to be paying less. Yay. Right. That, to me, was great news. In fact, I remember telling you about it because I had just come across it. And I didn't know about it. And I was like, I, I had not I had not heard it because I'm much, much younger. And, <laughs> and uh, but I'm always mindful of that because i'm thinking to myself well by the time i get that and it's going to be a long time before i qualify for that a very long time um i'll, my, be, I'll be dead my, my my property taxes are going to be through the roof and that's what i'm always looking at i'm like oh my gosh mm-hmm. you know, know. uh because you're still going to be essentially because you need to put that money aside and you need to be able to pay those taxes um you're still going to be essentially making a payment and you know it's frustrating, but you know the it doesn't come with interest. So no, that's uh, that's the good news. It's not a mortgage, and it's moving in the right direction. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, by the time I'm that age, maybe uh, our state lawmakers will abolish property taxes altogether. <laughs> well, I don't know. That'd be a hundred years from now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, but, uh, let's let's look to Star Trek. On ah, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Ah, yes. Well, nobody owns anything. Remember, 
Okay. There is no ownership of anything. Because I remember that. Because remember, they didn't, was it where they didn't use money? Right. And you and I caught the same thing on that. On that, it's like. Then well, how do you have rank? Yeah, how do you have, well, remember, nothing is value. Right. Oh, no, we don't have money. Well, of course you have money. Society if, will also have some form of currency. If there, yeah. you, need to ju- you need to judge the value of everything. There's, One thing about capitalism is the fact that everything, and you look, and uh, this is an amazing, I knew it, but when some, I forgot, well, I don't know if it was Milton Friedman pointed it out, the difference between capitalism and communism is, you know, nobody knows what anything is worth in communism. Right. Everything, everybody knows in capitalism what everything is worth. You have Everything that. has been assigned a exactly. value. Exactly. When you, when you, when you assign a value and then, because we looked at it and said, and the first thing I thought of with the whole Star Trek thing is, well, wait a minute. If you don't have any money, then you don't assign value, which means you don't assign value to the experience training and, and everything that goes in to making rank. Right. Then what's the difference between a captain, a colonel, a lieutenant? Oh, yeah. We overthought Star Trek. Both Eric and uh, I. Well, if, we you're gonna, if you're going to design something... Then expect it to be analyzed. You can't have <laughs> critical thinkers will overthink well, a sci-fi drama. Well, oh, that would be a cool planet. Kirk and Spock land on a, you know, a, a planet where they just overthink everything. <laughs> they probably start at my house. Look, could you just go outside for a minute? Quit thinking about which shoes you're going to wear outside. Just go outside. <laughs> now, see, Scotty didn't overthink. He, he, no, he, he didn't. Scotty he just didn't. screamed about everything. He was an engineer, though. Yes, he was. Yeah, he he didn't engineer. over, but he just kind of glued everything together. Yeah, he didn't. I, I yeah. remember my favorite one episode with him was when he got drunk with the alien. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. He couldn't get the alien drunk, and finally yeah. he did. He defeated the alien. And by the way, Simon Pegg in that role in the newer Star Trek yeah. movies, yeah, perfect. No, you're right. Perfect. I agree. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, really interesting. Uh, uh, Kevin O'Leary from uh, Shark Tank uh, was on CNN yesterday. We'll play this coming up following the top of the hour and said, and we haven't said it in this way, but he's correct. Basically, what Biden did yesterday was nationalize the banking industry. Yeah. No, it is. It's That's, I, I think, a good way to put it. And it, it's something, I think, that is a liberal dream. To do right because you basically said that it doesn't matter if this situation if the government backs all the deposit holders on it right and uh, keeps the banks or banks like it from losing more if they have to sell their long term assets and the taxpayer subsidizes it you've nationalized the banks yeah there is no risk yep yep we'll get to that coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.